<laughs> Rise and shine. Liberty-loving patriots, welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing because I started the entire show uh, without uh, three quarters of our audience today. <laughs> so um, you will forgive me. I'm looking. We're now here on D Live, and you can see we're not at home. We're uh, we're not in the studio today. I'm in a hotel. Uh, Going to teach an event uh, a class today. If you want to know more about that, go to chrisannhall.com, uh, where we'll be doing our classes all the time. Uh, uh, where you'll be able to check on all of our classes all the time at chrisannhall.com. And today is a special question and answer session. So you'll forgive the video, forgive the sound, forgive the backdrop, forgive Chrisanne's total brain cramp when she does the show without three quarters of the audience today. So happy to see everybody here. We have YouTube here. We have Facebook here, we have DLive here, we have Twitch here, we've got everybody here. And so today, let me put my DLive people up here. Today is our special question and answer session. And I'm gonna be taking your questions and answers so that uh, we can uh, make this about what you guys want to know. There we go, everybody's all set up. I can. See the D live there. I can see you guys there. And uh, everybody ready? Because this is the Q and A. Do, 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 do. Hey, you guys, I won't I won't subject you to any more of the song, but those of you on D live, I don't know how DLive works yet, so you'll have to forgive me. I'm looking at you guys. There's there's a good number of you there, but I don't know what lemons are and I don't know what all that stuff is. So uh, not quite sure how all that works. So how about we jump straight to the questions? All right. Here we go. Alicia. Alicia is going to be an activated Liberty fighter. She says, hey, Chrisanne, I plan to speak at my county commissioner's meeting soon. Could you clarify what the difference between an ordinance and a mandate is? Well, and I'm, 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 I'm guessing, uh, Alicia, you want to know the difference between a properly legislated ordinance and a proper in an improperly legislated mandate. Okay. So the difference would be uh, a little bit different from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So I don't know what state you're in. I can only give you a generalized idea. But all state constitutions require legislation to come from a legislative body. So if you have a mayor or a governor issuing an executive order to do something and then expecting that executive order to be enforced like a law, that is unconstitutional. That is a violation of separation of powers. That is a violation of your rights to due process, your rights to legislation through representation. And so governors cannot issue executive orders under the constitution and expect them to be legally uh, enforced like laws. That's a, that, it, that violates at least seven matters of your constitution. 
And uh, that those same procedures of, uh, go to the local governments as well. So you'll need to lead, read a little bit about your local governments and how lawmaking happens at the local level so you know how that's supposed to work. But basically, anything that takes your property without due process, anything that takes your property without just compensation, even your use of property is considered a taking of property, would be an unlawful mandate. All right, so it's so much better here. You guys are all uh, in the house. It's just awesome. Okay. All right, so Richard, when we did our dry run for the show, Richard Newman asked us a question about impeachment. And he said, if the president is not impeached while in office, he can still be impeached. But the example given doesn't address whether or not that the person can be still convicted by the Senate. Well, the precedent establishes that the impeachment process can begin when, even though someone is not in office. So if the impeachment process can begin while someone is not in office, it can end while someone is not in office. So the precedent is, yes, you can be impeached by the House, then you would be tried by the Senate, even though you're not in office. Because remember, it is really about a crime. A hot, bribery is a crime, treason is a crime, high crimes and misdemeanors. So this is this is a criminal trial on the capital level, on this on not like capital, but at, at, at the political level. Now impeachment doesn't preclude someone from having a criminal trial filed against them in state court. But in this case, the precedent established is that you can be impeached after you leave office and that that would would preclude you from holding office again. All these lovely Tampa people, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, let's see, what do we have here? Um, Susan, I did finish the answer on zoning. You have to go to your uh, state constitution and the zoning would be an issue of property rights. Well, this is an easy question. Where are you from in Missouri? I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. All right. <laughs> Let's see. I will be returning from Mexico after the CDC order that all international travelers must be tested to gain entry into the U.S. I plan on refusing. Will I just be stuck in Mexico? Uh, probably. <laughs> probably. Unless you can figure out another way to get in, you're probably going to be, um, uh, you probably are going to be just stuck there. So Terry LaFleur. Yes, the president can be impeached after he leaves office, or at least the precedent has been set. And as I mentioned earlier, the precedent was set under President Ulysses L. Grant with his, um, the uh, Secretary of War, William Belknap, who was impeached after he left office. So uh, the precedent has been set. Now, you can argue that it was a bad precedent and not do that but the precedent has been set. Okay, Fred, how can we hold the public servants accountable 
um, when they are violating their oaths and our rights? Well, it's, let me just mention to you, it's a lot simpler to hold your county uh, accountable than it is to hold your federal uh, level governments accountable. And that's because your county officials are actually representing fewer people. That means it takes fewer people to come together and organize in protest in influence and that sort of thing. So remember, what is the key to controlling government? Education, organization, activation, right? So if you want to change things at your state and local level, then you have to change them by influencing the people that you have in office and educating the people in the community so those people don't stay in office. I know that there's a lot, there, there is a real problem now with voter confidence. But if you don't have vote confidence in your vote, you still need to vote. But it doesn't, voting is not how you control government. What you do every other day of every other year is how you control government. So even, I mean, nine times out of a 10, you get a 50-50 chance, right? A 50-50 chance that somebody you don't like is not in government. Well, if somebody you don't like is not in government, that's not your excuse to just throw up your hands and say, I'm not going to be involved, okay? I'm not going to be involved with this. No, that's your cue to be even more involved, to get even more involved on the state and local level. Educate yourself, educate the people around you, organize in groups, and activate. Attend the county meetings, attend the city meetings, attend the school board meetings. Have a rotating list so not the same person has to carry all the burden. I mean, that's pretty much where we've been now for the last 50 years. You have a, an activated, concerned handful of people that are, that are burning out because they're the ones that are always going to the meetings. They're the ones that are always fighting. They're the ones that are always organizing the rallies. We need more people involved. And if you don't like who's in office, that's more reason to get involved, not less reason to get involved. So hold them accountable by being in them. You know, JC and I have talked about uh, Bernie, our friend Bernie Thompson in, in Panama City a whole lot lately because Bernie is, tells us how to do this. He shows us how to do this. Bernie was so active that he, as one man, caused two city councilmen to quit because they couldn't hand the handle the light being shined on their activities. So we have to really, really get involved. Um, so over here in the DLive chat room, Rosalind Marie Walter says, which books do you recommend first? Well, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm being biased here, but the first book that I need you to read, if you're going to understand the constitutional, our framer setup of our constitutional republic, is my book, Sovereign Duty. I'll go ahead and share that with you again. I've shared that with you a couple times. Uh, you can get it. I know people are boycotting Amazon these days, but you can get it on, on a lot, many different book outlets. You can even get it at chrisannhall.com. As a matter of fact, if you buy it at chrisannhall.com, you support chrisannhall.com 
but uh, we, we do get royalties wherever you might buy it. So there's the book, Sovereign Duty. It is available on Amazon. It's available on Books of Million. It's available, um, I think it's even available on walmart.com. Uh, but you, you, there's the book and there's what you can uh, order it. Now, the back of the book has over 180 citations so that you can see everything and all my research test me out. And don't forget, no matter what platform you go to to buy this book, would you please leave a, a comment in the section about you about it, about liking it and what you liked about it and that sort of thing. So, oh, thank you, Mary B., Mary McBee, for forgiving me and loving me. Mary McBee's followed me over from our first dry run. Oh, my goodness. I'm seeing a super chat in here, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So, let's see. Uh, questions. This is our big Q&A section. So, let me find you a question. Let's see. All right. <laughs> hmm, that's funny. Blue North, Blue Wind North says, uh, do you, <laughs> her DC is going to be a tyrannical zombie land. <laughs> You're assuming that DC wasn't a tyrannical place to begin with. So, um, Oh, here we go. Here's an advertisement. Come to New Smyrna Beach Sugar Mill Country Club January 21st to watch Chris Ann Hall's presentation. Uh, if you want more details, go to chrisannhall.com and you'll be able to um, you'll be able to get all the details. People are telling me DC's in lockdown with cell phones shut off. What are you going to do, man, when people don't engage in peaceful resistance. Uh, mob mentality has a way of increasing government. And I want you to notice something. And this should be a tr something that we should recognize. Every single time you have an increase of government power, you always have a decrease of liberty. So when we ask for government to create laws that interferes with our rights or within the rights of others, when we create new agencies, when we create situations where people are going to demand more government, then you can always see less liberty. Oh, Mary McBee likes my voice today. Thank you. It's probably my headset. I don't know. <laughs> Islander over on DLive says, can I get a signed copy of Sovereign Duty. Highlander, you can get a signed copy of Sovereign Duty if you contact us through the website or you come to one of my events. I don't know where you live, but check the calendar and see where you are. If you can come to one of my events, I'm always signing books at the events, but if you contact us through the website at chrisannhaw.com, there's a contact form. You can say, I want to buy a signed copy of Sovereign Duty, then um, JC or my assistant Janet will help you get that done. All right, let's see. Oh, it just skipped on me. Sorry. Scrolling through the questions. All right. No, an ordinance done by a county commissioner 
is not illegal. Uh, it could be an unconstitutional app, uh, infringement upon your rights, depending on your state constitution. But you have to know more about the process because this process is different from state to state. You have to know more about your state process. You have to know about your state constitution. What happens when the judiciary stands behind and enforces an unlawfully issued mandate? Well, what happens is the people have to take back their power. That's where peaceful noncompliance comes in. That's where our book, uh, um, our movie, Noncompliant Movie, which is coming out this month, comes into play. And so what I'll do is... Uh, that takes the education organization and activation of the people. That really needs a constitutional sheriff or someone constitutional in your local government that's refusing to apply these laws, even if the courts say otherwise. At libertyfirstuniversity.com, I have a class on the judiciary that helps you understand the power and the limited nature of the power of the judiciary. But it also uh, is essential for us to understand that the judiciary only has delegated power. So we are in, still in control of the judiciary and we're not bound by any laws that they try to enforce that are unconstitutional either. But really, it really, really, really boils down to what is the, uh, what are the people willing to stand up for and how are they educated? All right, Donovan Jewett, what happens if Biden is impeached for his escapades as vice president after being inaugurated to the presidency? Well, if Biden is impeached, then Kamala Harris becomes president of the United States. And when there is a vacancy in the office of the president of the United States, then the vice president becomes president and then the president who was the vice president, now gets to nominate a new vice president. So Kamala Harris would become president of the United States if, if Biden is impeached. And then uh, Kamala Harris would get to nominate a new vice president who would then have to be appointed by a vote of the Senate. There's your super chat, Mary Beth. I knew I would find it. How do we host your upcoming documentary? Thank you. You please, Mary Beth, contact us on the website. Or you can email us directly at info at chrisannhall.com. I-N-F-O at chrisannhall.com. Make sure you put in the subject host documentary. Let's just go ahead and share the documentary right now so everybody can see what it is that Mary Beth is Oh, sorry, that Mary Beth is so excited about. Here we go. Oh, I think I have to, let me try that again, guys. Sorry, I forgot. I have to do the sound when we share it. There we go. Share screen, there's the little sound button. See, it just takes me a little bit longer when I'm, doing this.
We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up. Uh, upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week. Yeah. She also tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? So there you go, the documentary being released this month, noncompliantmovie.com is where you can find that. Sign up for the notices and get on uh, the list. If you want to host this, if you want to premiere this, just contact us at chrisannhall.com or send us an email directly at info at chrisannhall.com. So um, here's Keith's question. It's kind of long. He, his question in a nutshell is, if people who are tried for the violence in D.C. claim that they were following the orders of the president, does that, uh, uh, does that either strengthen, does that change, does their testimony, I guess the good question would be, does their testimony change anything about the case against the president? And then there was another question that was kind of related to this, and I can't find it at the moment, but it was about um, do we, um, uh, do you need to change the notice to the, the legal memorandum that I wrote? So to answer both of those questions, let's just look at the legal memorandum that I did write regarding the charges on impeachment that were brought against uh, Donald Trump. So if you're looking at this, let me scroll this down a little bit here. Now you can see it's on chrisannhall.com. The title of the article is, Did Trump Incite a Riot, a Memorandum of Law? And then here is, I give you a little brief opening of contact your US Senator. Here is the memorandum of law. You do not have to change anything about the memorandum of law. It is simply a memorandum of law. It is not addressed to any particular person. It is not addressed in any to any particular state. So all you do is send the memorandum of law. 
and it's right there. You can even copy and paste it somewhere if you want. But it, it would be good if you kept as the memorandum of law, if you did keep that it was written by me as an attorney, because then it sort of makes the whole memorandum of law thing a little bit more, um, uh, I don't know, a little bit more, I wouldn't say valid, but it gives it a little bit more expert credence because I am an attorney and I am a constitutional attorney that's been practicing since 2003. So here you have it. Um, the facts are the facts. Number one, how somebody testifies as they were, whether they were influenced or not uh, by Donald Trump is not the standard. The standard is at that time, did he directly incite to pr or produce imminent lawless action? Uh, was he, was his words that way? And were his words, his words at that time likely to incite or produce such action? And you can look at the speech and know, and if you see right here, I've linked the speech transcripts there. You can go read it. His words do not rise to the standard, the legal standard of inciting. And so it really doesn't matter what everybody else says. It only matters what Donald Trump said, because I am not responsible for what people do when they hear me if I'm not specifically telling people to do that, okay? <laughs> Blue North, can you swim? Yes, I can swim quite well, actually. <laughs> Some fun questions. All right, let's see, keep going. You guys are asking great questions today. Okay, this is a good question. It's kind of a wonky kind of question, but he's talking about if the terms of the contract were violated, he's talking about the Constitution of the United States, how the Constitution is a contract. Is that contract no longer valid? Um, no. Uh, violation of the terms of the contract doesn't invalidate the contract. It sets the, the party up who violated the contract uh, as... Uh, accountable for those violations. You see, our contract is a multiple party contract. And I think what a lot of people, and maybe Kenneth, you can tell me later if this is true or not, a lot of people believe that the Constitution is a contract between the people in the federal government or a contract between the states and the federal government. Neither one of those are true. The Constitution is not a contract involving the federal government. The Constitution is a contract that creates the federal government. So the federal government isn't a party to the contract. And the violation of the contract by the federal government is actually a violation of the parties. They're allowing the product of their contract to work outside the terms of the contract. And so that's what we need to, to understand, okay? So what we have are 50 parties to a contract that has created the federal government. It is up to those parties of the contract to actually enforce the contract. Those who violate, the states who violate that contract are subject to censure, are subject to uh, 
civil lawsuits for violating that contract. But no, a, a contract being violated by one of a multiple party does not invalidate the entire contract. All right, let's see. Uh, Mary McBee, what happened to convince you to become a believer? Uh, Mary McBee, I did not have a, let me see. That's a very specific question. So let me explain that to you. I was, and, uh, I was not a believer in God. It's very hard for me to describe what I was because I understand now that my position or terms were very confused at the time. Okay. So I practiced many different religions searching for fulfillment and searching for truth. I'm a truth seeker. That's what I do. And my husband was raised in a Christian home. JC was raised in a Christian home, gave his life to Christ as a teenager. Um, he would tell you in Christian terms that he backslid and went into the Navy, and that's where we met. He was in the Navy, and I was in the Army, and that's where we fell in love, and we moved back here to Florida. When we moved back here to Florida, we moved back in with his family and his friends, and they're all church people. So we started to go back to church, um, now, my husband knew that I was hostile to the gospel. We moved into this little southern town, Jesus signs everywhere, and it just was like, I can't stand all these crazy Jesus people. Because, you see, I believed that as an intelligent, educated person, that only stupid, weak people needed God. I'm too smart. I lived my whole life, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and sort of thing. And there's nothing I can't do if I don't put my mind to it. And so I guess making the long story short, what happened was I broke my hip in the military. Uh, the army treated me very poorly. They refused to medically treat me. They told me there was nothing physically wrong with me, that it was all in my head. Doctors in the military told me there was nothing wrong with me, that it was all in my head. So I am suffering from a broken hip, the pain of a broken hip, trying to push through, mentally overcome, and at the whole time thinking, am I stinking crazy? Because this really hurts. So I, when I got out of the army and I went through the VA medical system, once again, the doctor started telling me there's nothing wrong with me. And it was because they weren't doing the right tests. They were refusing to give me the right tests. My, my, stand, my life quality of life went so low. I mean, if you look at me at pictures, then I look 30 years older than I do now. And so uh, I found an orthopedic surgeon who was a veteran who said he would help me. And he would help me uh, at no cost. So we got the right tests done, found out that I had actually a broken hip. They did the MRI and found the fracture and I was getting treatment. In the midst of that, I couldn't do anything. I was unhappy, I was in chronic pain. You find anybody that lives with a spouse that's in chronic pain and you know the marriage is suffering and everything was terrible. We were in church one day and I guess the bottom line is God just brought me to the point where I could no longer do anything for myself. 
And I simply said, God, if you are who they say you are, I, I need you. I can't do this on my own anymore. And it was in that moment that I gave my life to Christ and everything changed. And I'll tell you, it sounds kind of freaky, but um, some people might tell me it's psychological, but I will tell you that that very day, everything changed for me. Everything. I remember driving home from church that day and I was completely changed. I said to my husband, I didn't realize that the trees were so green. I had no idea that the birds were so loud and their songs were so beautiful. It was like a veil had been lifted over my face and the emptiness that I had felt in my whole life that I tried to fill with, with bad companions and bad habits and drugs and everything. And just that, that was completely filled in my life and I was no longer empty. And so that's what God did for me. And I've been living a miraculous, blessed life ever since then. So question now over to the DLive room. Let's see. Can Joe and Kamala be impeached at the same time? I imagine. They would have to be two separate impeachment proceedings, but there's no reason why they couldn't do two impeachment, seating, uh, two impeachment proceedings at the same time. All right, let's see. What other question that we have? Ah. Our Wiccan conservative, I sent my Chris Ann Hall pre-composed letters this afternoon for the incoming senators to consider. Thank you, ma'am. That is so awesome. Okay, let's see. All right, here we go. Local level stuff, because remember, our solutions are state and local level. I just saw in Oregon a new bill proposed that will allow for seizure of your property, your business shut down, and the state not responsible to compensate you for your taking. That bill should be found completely and totally unconstitutional. Let's do our super chats because we're about out of time. What happens if Biden is impeached for his ex escapades as vice president after being inaugurated to the presidency? Oh, we already answered that question, didn't we? Sorry about that. Uh, I got another one. Where is that? Oh, there it is. All right, let's do this. Where are you? Our constitution from Patriot Wolf. Why is that not showing up for me? Let's see. There we go. Thank you, Patriot Wolf, for your super generous super chat. Our constitution is our blanket of freedom. What do we do if the left cheats and cheats? I want to do this peaceful, but geez, I'm so mad. Well, you know what, Patriot Wolf, you are justified. It is called righteous indignation. And the constitution, I don't, uh, don't mean to be harsh, but put this in, in proper perspective. Um, the Constitution is a piece of paper with ink on it. It has no force of its own. So you have to be, we have to be the ones to enforce it. That has to begin with you. That has to begin with me. And so as the enforcers of our Constitution, what we need to do now is to get active at the state and local levels. Have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. 
because the cheating is happening at your state and local level. That's where the cheating is happening. The cheating is happening at your state. And you, fighting this at the federal level is now it, uh, is going to be impossible because that's not where voting takes place. Voting takes place at the state and local level. So now what you need to do uh, is what you need to do is get active state and local. Get the legislation passed. And I saw seen a lot of questions in here about how do we fix the 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 fraud that happened? How do we ensure that our elections are not corrupted ever again? Will you ensure that by getting to work now at the state and local level? You get legislation passed to get rid of these machines. You get legislation passed that allows and and that allows for and sets up procedure for uh, forensic audits of ballots. See, that's the big deal here. Do you know why all this is, is happening? Is because the secretaries of state in the case, in the states where fraud is actually alleged are refusing to allow forensic uh, uh, audits of these ballots. And if you watched the episode where we talked about the Senate hearing in Georgia, where they actually interviewed a, a tech expert, said, I could have every single ballot forensically audited in, in, in two days. Two days is all it takes, just two days. So we need to have state and local laws to get rid of these machines. We need state and local laws to, uh, to set up procedure for forensic checking of these ballots. I've been told the Constitution is a trust document. Douglas, Richard, uh, Mumi, you have been told wrong. Our founders, the people who actually wrote the document, said that it is a compact. And a compact is a specific kind of contract. It is a contract between sovereign governments. So we know what our constitution is legally. Thank you, Teresa Kennedy, for your super chat. We know what our constitution is legally. It is a contract. So anything else is just, anything else is just simply an effort to undermine the authority by changing how the document is applied. Do you know why they want you to know it, think it's a trust document? The same reason they want you to believe it's a living, breathing document. So you don't treat it as a contract, you don't apply contract law, and you don't understand that it's a simple prescribed formula on how to apply it, where this is what they really hate. Contract law requires that the writers, the drafters of the contract, those who signed the contract, have the ultimate authority on the meaning of the contract. In contract law, it's called the meeting of the minds. That's why all of the federal supremacists, that's why all the judicial supremacists, that's why all the people who are uh, the living, breathing constitution haters don't want you to know that it actually is a contract because they don't want you to apply the meaning of the contract, uh, the meaning of the founders and the writers of the contract. Well, guys, um, we are out of time today. These question and answers all go so 
quickly. Yes, Ted Danson, the meeting of the minds. That's the important part, the meetings of the minds. So I want to thank everybody for watching us in DLive. There you are, watching us in DLive. Thank you for watching us in DLive. All of you who are with us on Facebook and Twitch and on uh, YouTube, thank you so much for being with us. I'm sorry I couldn't get to all the questions, but you guys are so awesome and you answer, you ask so many great questions. So, uh, hey AJ, thank you and hello to White Springs, Florida. Little bitty White Springs. So, um, I hope that I've answered a lot of your questions. I see a lot of the questions repeated over and over again. So maybe I was able to address all of them. But uh, it is time for me to go today because I have to go teach a class. Uh, God bless you guys again. And thank you so much for making the Chris Ann Hall Show an amazing and wonderful experience. God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday.